Because we believe here at Quest Church that accepting Jesus into your heart and getting plugged into his church is only the first step. And we believe there are many other steps for you. So we want you to come back. That's number one. Number two, we want you to leave with a hope for your future. Knowing that your best days really are ahead of you. That it's only going to get better in God. And number three, this is probably the most important thing because this is what I'm going to focus on tonight. Number three, my hope is that you leave tonight knowing that right now you can make an awesome impact in this season of your life. I'm talking to students. I'm talking to middle school, high school. Right now, in this phase of your life, you can make massive impact right here where you are. I want you to walk out of here tonight realizing that your life doesn't begin when you get your driver's license. Okay, your life doesn't begin when you graduate high school. It doesn't begin when you get married. It doesn't begin when you get kids or, or when you start your career. No, your life begins right now, the moment you give your life to Jesus, that's when your life starts. That's when the opportunity starts for you to make massive impact. So I want you to leave tonight knowing that, wow, today my life begins. Amen? There's a really important character in the Bible. His name is Paul. And Paul is a mentor to a, a young man named Timothy. Paul and Timothy have a very special relationship. Paul sends letters, Timothy, sends letters to Timothy, and he tells him something in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, that I want to tell you tonight. We're going to read it. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 says, Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your hope, in your faith, and your purity. This is Paul's charge to Timothy, not to let anyone talk him down, not to let anyone despise him, not to let anyone push him aside simply because of his age. Paul is something like a father to Timothy. And these words that he writes to Timothy are words that I want you to walk out understanding tonight. I want you to leave here tonight understanding that you can make massive impact today. I don't want you to think that one day you'll make a massive impact. That one day I can start. Quit, quit saying one day I can really get on fire for God and make a change in this world. No, stop saying one day and start saying day one. That today is day one of my life in pursuing Jesus. That today is day one in the beginning of my quest in pursuit of Jesus Christ with everything that I have. Quit saying one day and start to say day one. Today is day one. And at that, I want you to look at your neighbor, and I want you to tell them, we are officially day one homies. We're officially day one homies. Because today is day one. And that is my message title, day one. I remember my day one. I remember my day one. I have a picture I want to show you of me at my day one. Let's see if that's on the screen. That's me right there at my day one. That was back in the 90s, man. When we had, I don't even think we had Nintendo, like the Game Boys yet. 
Maybe we did. I don't know. That was probably 1997, 98. I was probably two or three years old right there. Y'all don't know nothing about the 90s. Y'all woke, up, y'all woke up in this life with an iPad in your hand. Your parents just gave birth to you and hands you an iPad and said, here, distract yourself. I had to go outside and throw sticks at stuff, man. Right? I had to play with anthills. That was the 90s. That was my day one. But that's all right. Everybody has a different day one. I said everybody has a different day one. I remember my day one preaching. I was 13 years old when I preached my first message. Don't get too excited. There were like six people in the room, all right? But my youth pastor, his name was Tim Boykin. We called him Pastor Tim or Timbo. He was really cool. He, he told it like it is, and he was really hard on me, to be honest with you. Some of you all think that I'm hard on you. You, don't, you haven't met Pastor Tim, all right? He was hard on me, brutally honest, but I'm thankful for it today, and I love him. He, one time when I was 13, he asked me to preach my first message to our youth group. There were probably six or seven students in the room, and I was really excited. This was day one. I was like, all right. I get to preach my first message. I studied for like an entire week. I was so excited about it. I was pumped. I was nervous, right? And I got up there, and I began to preach to the students, and I gave it everything I had. I mean, really, I gave it everything that I had. And at the end of the message, I'll tell you what I preached on. I preached on Jeremiah chapter 1, where Jeremiah was called to be a prophet at a very young age. We're talking about day one. So I preached on Jeremiah chapter 1. He was, scholars will say he was somewhere between 12 and 17 years old when God called him to be a prophet for the nation. That is so young. And I preached on this chapter, and I was so proud of it. And when I was done, people were coming up to me, other students, parents in the room. They were coming up and saying, man, you did such a good job. Thank you for that word. That really blessed me tonight. Right? And I was 13. And so I got a big head. And I was like, well, Awesome. I guess I'm pretty good at this then. And I was like, all right, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Then across the room, I saw my youth pastor. And he was just looking at me, accepting all of these compliments. And suddenly I went, swallowed, got really nervous because I knew he was going to say something brutally honest. And he came up to me, and he put his arm around me, and I knew something was coming. And he said, Christian? You did good. And I said, thank you. But it wasn't me. It was all him. And he said, well, it wasn't that good. It was all right. It wasn't all God, right? There was a whole lot of your 13-year-old brain all up in that message. It was all right. It wasn't all God, right? He kind of burst my bubble. But that was my day one. I'd like to think that I've gotten a little bit better. Probably not. I've probably just gotten a little more confident. That's about it. But that was my day one. And I preached on Jeremiah, but tonight is not my day one. Tonight, I'm believing that you're going to walk out of here with the revelation that this is your day one. And in honor of this occasion, I want to talk to you about a man named David. King David. The great King David. Some of you know how David became famous in the Bible. Some of you know the story, right? David slew the giant Goliath. A great giant was coming up against the army of Israel, challenging the Israelites, saying, send someone out to come and fight me. And the entire army was afraid. 
they didn't want to fight him. He was just asking for one man, and, and there was no one man that was willing to go out there and face the giant Goliath. They believed that this giant stood about 10 feet tall. His head was huge, strong, thick armor, large sword, and no one was willing to face him, not even King Saul. But David, a young shepherd boy, arrived on the scene, and when no one else was willing to face the giant, he walked out there and said, I will slay the giant. Some of you know the story. He, what happens is he sends a stone right between the eyes of this giant using a sling. And when the giant falls, David picks up Goliath's own sword and cuts off his head and lifts it up to show everybody. And then after this great moment in David's life, again, this is, this is day one for David's fame, right? This is the beginning of his fame in all of Israel. After this important event in David's life, the people of Israel started dancing and singing this song. Saul has slain his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. And this made Saul angry. But this was the beginning of David's fame in Israel. But let's rewind just a moment. Before David was known as the giant killer, before he ever threw the stone at the giant's head, he was looked down upon because of his youth. He was looked down upon by his father, who his father didn't even think he was worth mentioning. He was looked down upon by his older brothers because David was the youngest of eight. And his brothers just tossed him to the side and said, go tend to the sheep. But then he was looked down upon by King Saul. And that's the conversation I want to focus on right here in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32. This is just moments before David officially becomes the giant slayer. This is the conversation. And David said to Saul, may no one's heart fall on account of him. For your servant, I, will go and fight this Philistine. But Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight him. You are only a youth, while he has been a warrior since his youth. But let's stop right there, because what David says next changes the game. What David says next is what convinces Saul to allow him to go and face the giant. Let's just look at the big picture here. A giant is coming against Israel. Challenge them. Send someone out to fight me. No one in the entire army has the guts to face him. Not even King Saul, who apparently has killed his thousands, is willing to go and face the giant. And then here comes David, and he says, I will face the giant. And Saul's like, nah, you're too young. And here's what happens. Saul tries to put his own armor on David. And David can't move. He's just a boy, and Saul is a man. And the Bible says Saul was a very tall man. And so he tries to put his armor on David, but it doesn't work. The armor is too heavy, and it weighs him down. That's point number one. Don't try to be anybody else. Be you. Personally, I, we know from Scripture that Saul was threatened by David. Because even though David was small, he had great courage. 
and he showed great promise. And Saul was older than him, and he was the king, but he was threatened by David. I think what, tried, what Saul tried to do right there was he tried to make David feel even smaller than he already felt by putting his armor on him. He knew it wouldn't fit. He knew that wouldn't work. And can I just tell you, students, when you live your life trying to be like somebody else, it's only going to weigh you down. God has designed you very specifically, fashioned you for your purpose. You can't wear Saul's armor because you weren't meant for that close combat like Saul was. See, the difference between Saul and David was Saul was ready, to, ready for close combat. He could wear the armor, he could sling the sword, but not David. David was not called in this moment for close com combat. David was not called to swing the sword. He was called to sling the stone. And the armor that Saul wore would only weigh him down. Quit trying to be like everybody else. God designed you exactly how he meant to design you exactly for your purpose. And trying to be like everybody else will only weigh you down. Now this conversation where Saul's saying, you're too young, you're too small, you can't go against the giant. This is David's response, and this is where I want to focus tonight. But David said to Saul, your servant was tending his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a sheep from the flock, I went out after it and attacked it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when the lion or the bear rose up against me, I grabbed it by its mane and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like them. This is David's response, and I love this response, because in this moment, this is when we find out that David had a hidden secret. David had a history that no one else knew about. See, this, this response by David is proof that the day one that everybody thinks is David's day one wasn't his day one. See, everyone thinks that the day that David slew the giant, they think that was his day one. No, that, that wasn't David's day one. That was their day one. But David's journey began way before that. David's actual day one was not as glamorous as the day one that everyone else saw. Come on. I'm talking to, I'm talking to those who have been working in secret and you haven't been noticed yet. David's day one was not full of royalty or wealth or fame. David was raised in the field around sheep. David's day one didn't look so good. Nobody was there to see David's actual day one. When everyone found out about David, they were surprised. They were like, oh, wow, David, we, you killed the giant. We didn't know you had it in you. And David was like, I did. I knew I had it in me. 
Because I killed the lion and the bear. I've been out here doing this. All you see is this day one, but you didn't see my actual day one. You didn't see when I slew the giant or the bear. So you might be surprised that I can handle the giant, but I'm not surprised because I can handle the lion and the bear, and I did it with my bare hands. This is, this is the response that shakes Saul. And he's like, well, let him go. And I hope he dies. Because Saul doesn't like that kind of confidence. Can I tell you that anytime someone comes against you and your life and tries to squash you and make you feel small, when they try to make you feel insignificant, when they try to tell you that you're too young, you're too inexperienced, you can't handle it, all they're doing is telling you that they are inferior to you and they're afraid of the potential that God has in you because God has planted something in you that other people can't see because they can't see your actual day one. God has something in you. Don't let anyone despise you for your youth. Because God has big plans for you. David was confident when others doubted him. His whole life, people doubted him. Doubted by his brothers, doubted by his father, doubted by the king, doubted by the army. When they saw David walking out there small with the sling, they thought they were about to see a slaughter. They thought they were going to see this, oh, this poor young boy. But no, they saw a great miracle. And when others were surprised, he wasn't. Quest Youth, I want you to know, this is like the whole point of the message. I want you to know, that the bears and the lions that you slay in this phase of your life is preparing you for your giant. Your youth matters right now. Your years matter right now. You're not waiting for one day. This is day one. This is the beginning of your quest, giving everything you have to Jesus, slaying those giants, Today, these are the days. These are the days that you will win battles that will give you the confidence to win the battles that lie ahead of you. Don't think for a second that right now, just because you're young, you're sitting on the sideline. The next generation is actually the now generation. I'll just say this if you haven't noticed, you're the ones who set the trends. We're all looking to you for what's cool. We look to you for the trends and how to dress and how to talk and, 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 and how to walk, all the slang that y'all come up with. Y'all are the most creative generation I think that's ever lived. Your time is now. This is your day one. Don't let anyone tell you that you're too young to be on fire for God. Don't let anyone try to squash your fire, your passion, your excitement. If God has called you to be a missionary to the nations, you can do it. If he could call Timothy when he was a young boy, or if he could call Jeremiah when he was a young boy, or if he could call a shepherd boy named David out of the field to come and slay a giant, then certainly he can call you for great and mighty things. If he's called you to preach, preach now. If he's called you to evangelize, evangelize now. If he's called you to prophesy, 
prophesy now. If he's called you to lead worship, pick up the guitar, the piano, and the microphone and start now. Your day one is today. David was young, but he was an example to a king of what courage and faith in God looks like. What does that tell us? That tells us that even kings need to be reminded of how to be a king. What's stopping you from being that reminder? What's stopping you from stepping up to be that example? Can I just tell you? A lot of times my conversations with students are what inspire my messages. You think I'm preaching to you? Oftentimes y'all are preaching to me and you don't even know it. God uses you in incredible ways. When I look at your faces every week, I see faces that, that, that shine the glory of God. When I think about you in prayer, I feel God's Holy Spirit pulling on me, tugging me, drawing me to pray for you and to pray for your future and to pray for your now. Now you might say, Pastor Christian, that's great. Okay, day one, I can... That, that's easy to say, but I have a lot of problems. You might, you might say, I have a lot of baggage. You don't know my family life. You don't know my home life. You don't know what I deal with at school. You don't know what secret addictions I'm dealing with. You don't know what habits I can't break. You don't, you don't know what I'm struggling with. So you might say it's easy to say day one, but, but, but how do I actually do that? Well, first off, let me just tell you that the Bible tells us that God's mercies are new every single morning. He's given you access to a fresh start every single day. But if you really want to start day one, the beginning of your new life, the only way is by giving your life to Jesus Christ. This is the only way to a new day one. And at this time, what I'd like to do is I'd like to give everyone watching online and everyone in the room an opportunity to pray this prayer of salvation, to, to give your life to Jesus. You might say, why? How does that help me with my day one? Well, Jesus died for your sins. Jesus died so that you could have a fresh start. The Bible says that when you accept Jesus into your heart, you're literally made a new creation. You're new. Your whole life is made new. The, it says the old has passed away and the new has come. Bible says that when we are when we die in Christ we are resurrected with him as well when you get water baptized this is a representation of of this new life you go into the grave and out with new life so today you want a fresh start give your heart to Jesus give your heart to God He'll change everything for you. He will give you new life. The best decision I ever made was giving my heart to Jesus. And in this moment, I want to ask everyone in the room to please bow your heads. Every, every, every head bowed, every eye closed. And what I want to do right now is, is I want to ask you to just take a step of faith for a moment. 
And if you're watching online, I want you to join in on this if you feel compelled to give your life to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. And if you would like to give your heart to Jesus, I'd just like you to slip up your hand right where you're at. That's awesome. I see you. God sees you. Your hands, I see it in the air. Today, God is going to make your life new. If you're watching online, just put your hand in the comments right there because we're going to lead you through this prayer of salvation. And what I'd like everybody to do, if you're in the building tonight, just pray this prayer out loud all as one so that they're not praying it alone. There are four or five students I think I saw that are going to give their life to Jesus tonight and their life is going to be made new. And day one starts today. Give God some praise for that. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed... Repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe in you. I thank you for speaking to me tonight through your word. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I believe that his body was broken, that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that he was buried and that he rose on the third day. I put my faith in you, Jesus. I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me new. Give me this new life. Let the old pass away. And show me this new life. Dear Jesus, let this not be the end. But let this be day one in my walk with you. God, I love you. And I thank you. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said...